Hello, folks, and welcome to the Real Pro Podcast. I am your host, Mark Salcedo. Alongside me, I have my co-host, Kelsey Loizel. Technically, <laughs> I'm not sitting beside you. I am directly across from you. Well, you're like to the right, like at an angle, as I pose. <laughs> <laughs> well, our audience can't handle that. Oh, okay, so no more posing. Yeah, Just straight still. Straight still. Straight still? Straight still. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yep. So, like I said, we want to welcome Vladi back. This is your first time listening to the podcast. Where have you been all of our lives? And uh, get with the program. That's about it. <laughs> uh, so, what we got going on? Uh, let's go ahead and get a little bit of uh, information out of the way. If you want to check us out on our social media platforms, uh, we are on Facebook at The Real Appeal. That's real. R-E-E-L. Spelled like in the episode. Uh, we have a Facebook group, Facebook group, sorry, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash the real appeal, uh, Twitter appeal real, same thing, two E's, Instagram, the real appeal, and you can contact us at the real appeal at gmail.com. Uh, go ahead and give us a follow on that. Like us do whatever you got to do. You know, we keep you updated, you know, what's going on with the show. So just don't get us banned. Like, don't be like, no, I hate those guys. I know, right? Fucking Facebook, what's it called? Uh, clickbait, fucking ban, bullshit, whatever stuff they do. Yeah. Something like that. Facebook jail. <laughs> All right. So what we got for uh, this week's episode, uh, we're going to talk about a little bit of news. Uh, we got a recent review, which is the uh, horror slash thriller, Ready or Not. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, D23, what, what happened uh, at the event this weekend. Uh, the Real Appeal was there checking out a bunch of cool stuff. And our geriatric cinematic is uh, a tale of two sisters. Yeah. 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 Tale of two sisters. I don't know why I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I think it's like South Korean, Asian extreme fucking blood gore fest of a fucked up kind of genre thingy yes something like that makes me think of old boy oh yeah. honestly yeah well they're in the same production i mean they're the same they're under the same production group so. got it so yeah let's go ahead and go through news because we got a lot that happened uh matrix four is a go uh we got lana wachowski one of the wachowski siblings is going to write and direct the fourth film uh Ken Reeves and carrie moss are back which is Kind of odd, because they're both dead, so I don't know how that's going to work. Uh, the script will be written by Lana Wachowski, along with uh, Alec Zander, Zander? Herb Heyman? Sorry, Heyman and David Mitchell. So yeah, another Matrix movie coming along, 20 years after the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, no word yet if Lawrence Fisherman's going to come back. Uh, his character is still alive in the, in the movies, in the video game. Hopefully he's... Uh what? More intelligent than he was in the fucking movie. What? What? what, what? Uh, like emotionally, what? he was irritating. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> <laughs> Look, says the person who hasn't seen it since she was like nine. Yeah, stop it. But okay. no, but he was annoying to me. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. He was awesome no. in that movie. He was like angry and like. Wait, who the fuck are you talking? Are you t- are we talking about the same movie? Yes. No, he was not angry. Lawrence no po- Fishburne. At no point he was angry in the Matrix. Okay. He was like 
the Zen master, like, I'm going to train this food to be, like, the one type guy. He always, to me, came across as, like, threateningly quiet. Like, that kind of anger. Mm. Like, if you say one wrong thing, I will, with deadpan, stab you in the fucking hand. Are are you sure you watched the same movie? <laughs> it was nine. That's okay. how I remember At a nine, nine feeling about it. Nine year old nine year old thinking, Oh god, this this black man is scary. Oh my god. <laughs> what is he why does he want me to take drugs? Wait, when did the movie come out? Like ninety eight? No, it was like ten or eleven. Oh my god. Was it ninety eight? I feel like it was ninety I feel like it was ninety nine. Oh, it was ninety nine, yeah. The what some some people call like the best year in cinema. A lot of great films come out came out around that time. Hmm. So yeah. They had to because you know Y two K was coming. Oh yeah, it was like the end of the world. We gotta come up with the best. We gotta come up with the best. And then after that, crap. <laughs> it's after that. All right. So uh that's it for the Matrix News. Um we gotta talk about Spider Man. Shit went down, stocks went down, uh, a lot of people's hopes went down. Uh, so, Ex- you got- except for uh, Tom Holland's, because he's like, no, nah, whatever we do next, I'm still gonna be Spider Man. <sighs> I feel that he has to contra- c- contract, what's it called? Contractually? Contractually. Contractually. Yeah. I feel like he has to say that. I don't know. I feel like he has that type of optimism. Like, I know he's probably really sad, too. But at the same time, uh, I think he's just like, like, no, I'm Spider-Man no matter what. Yeah, like, he's Spider-Man. But that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't really say anything for on Sony's part. Yeah, I know. So, yeah, if you guys been living underneath the rock, I mean, underneath the rock, Dwayne Johnson. Oh, yeah, that's where <laughs> most people want to live. But I, I don't ascribe to that. Um. Yeah, Disney and Sony are getting divorced, and uh, Spider-Man is going with uh, Daddy Sony? Mommy Sony, I guess? What would, what would Sony be in this relation? Making poor choices, think they know the shit. What is that? That's a mom or a dad mentality? I think that's a mom mentality. Mom mentality. Okay, Mommy Sony. Uh, so, there was a big fallout. Um, there's, there's a lot of finger pointing going on between... Sony and Disney fans, and even Sony and Disney itself. But what happened from what I've been reading, what's been going on in the news, it first came out that um, Disney wanted 50%, wanted Sony to have 50% co financing uh, because they wanted to share like enough, much of the stock. The original deal between Sony and Disney uh, that happened back in 2016, I believe, was that. Uh, Disney would only get about five percent of the five five percent on the dollar of the first day ticket sales, and then Sony would just take the rest, ninety five percent of the profit. After you know, Spider Man Far From Home, Spider Man Homecoming, all that jazz, um, Disney went back to Sony. From what my understanding is that Disney went back to Sony months months before this news dropped and said hey we will take 30 even when it's so far as low as 25 this is this is this is kind of talks insider talk um sony sat on it didn't say anything and then finally disney went all right fuck it we want 50 dude because you're making a killing off this Mm. you know far from home made uh one point one point one ten billion dollars at the box office uh, it's Sony's biggest film ever. 
<laughs> uh, and Sony's just like, nah, nah. So a little bit of back, a little bit of background because a lot of people are getting their information incorrectly or not knowing the whole story. Um, after Amazing Spider-Man, y'all seem to forget that Sony was going to make some really bad decision with further bad decision with Spider-Man. There was an Aunt May movie coming out. Oh, I know a Sinister Six that was not built up at all. Uh, black and Silver, which is Black Cat and Silver Sable. I remember and, hearing about that one and being completely disinterested. Yeah. Nobody liked that idea. Nobody liked any of these ideas. Amy Pascal, who was the CEO of Sony, went to Kevin Feige and said, can you please help us with this? Mm-hmm. Disney and Kevin Feige said, sure. They worked out this deal. Um, another part of the deal that they made that people seem to not know is that since Disney does not own the film rights for Spider-Man, they had to take a loan out. They had a in order for Spider-Man to show up to Civil War, there was a contract made that Sony would loan out Spider-Man to Disney for Civil War, Avengers, uh, an Avengers Endgame, and had to pay $30 million each year for the character. Wow. So, of course, Sony was like, okay, sure, whatever. And a lot of people want to argue that, well, Disney has the merchandising rights for Spider-Man. That's true. You know how they got that? Hmm. Sony sold it to them for $175 million that's sony's fault right there um sony had made a statement oh man i got so many notes i got so many notes on this the statement for sony was uh we hope let me see sony laying out the blame's feet um at disney feet uh they said that kevin feige's too busy which let's be frank he is he is gonna be busy he's got x-men to work on blade uh fantastic four uh, Deadpool franchise now. Mm-hmm. Um, what had happened was they pretty much said that Fe- Kevin Feige is not going to have time. So, you know, therefore he's not going to produce these films. He's not going to help out with it, even though Disney helped out. Disney had picked the creative team for Homecoming and Far From Home, had picked the writers, directors, all the creative shit. Why Sony kind of like, why Sony put 100% of the distribution uh, and the marketing. Mm-hmm. to get the film. Sony still came out with $880 million for the first film. And then, um, I'm sorry, that's the, that was a grand total of Spider-Man uh, Homecoming. $880 million, take about 95% of that, you still got a huge chunk of change. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, uh, Far From Home came out, $1.1 billion. Sony got that. So, what happened was Sony Sony was like, no, nah, they won. They won the old deal. And Disney, Disney walked away from where from the stories we heard from is that Sony walked away or Disney walked away. To tell you the truth, I think Sony made a really bad move because this is like their main IP. Mm-hmm. They have nothing like give me a Sony movie that's made any fucking money now. That's that's even that's holy, holy Sony. Yeah. Like that. You didn't come crawling and begging on your knees to yeah, another like, company to help you with. And I think it's interesting that you said it was like $30 million per movie. Yeah. Per, no, it was per year. Per year? Yeah, per okay, year. Okay. So that's per year. So you let Disney take only 5% mm-hmm. 
Plus, they still paid you thirty million, 30 million dollars a year. year. Yeah, not per movie. You have to. You have to keep in mind that, like, there's maybe like so. There's been four years. Okay, so Sony's already made one hundred twenty million dollars loaning out the character on the on uh, for Disney. Mm-hmm. Plus ninety five percent of the profit. Well, so like Disney basically didn't make any fucking thing. Yeah, Disney made only a little bit. I mean, granted, it is Disney. Disney, they own Star Wars. They own Pixar. They are these. I'm not going to default that. Well, plus, I think if you think about it, even though Peter Parker isn't like the biggest story that Disney could tell with mm-hmm. within like the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He still contributed to the Avengers and to, you know, like yeah. the whole uh, the hype over it and everything. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm a Spider-Man fan. I was hyped as shit to see Spider-Man show up. That's mm-hmm. fucking awesome. But Disney have back, they have backup plans. Yeah. I mean, okay, for example, like there's Civil War. A lot of people see, well, of course, not real, not people who read the comics. They don't seem to realize that X-Men had a, a crucial, X-Men and the Fantastic Four had a crucial part in the Civil War in the comics. Did you see? You didn't see Fantastic Four, X Men, and Civil War. Still a great fucking film. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they would have figured out a way around Spider Man. Yeah, they would have got another way out of there. And it's kind of fucked up because Spider Man has been so like what's the what's the word I'm looking for interwoven within the MCU. Mm-hmm. MCU is so interwoven with the Spider Man universe. So I don't know how the fuck they're gonna like do Spider Man three now. Well. Here's what I hope happens, and I'm mm-hmm. sure will happen eventually. Mm-hmm. Sony's going to go bankrupt. Or they're going to come close enough where they're like, all right, we don't care anymore. Yeah, I mean... Like, they're going to become Fox. They, I mean, they... they I think that... They, they're like, they're on that road. Yeah, I mean, like I said, that's their biggest, that's their biggest IP. And then it... What's proven, what's proven over time is that they make bad decisions. Um, Tim Rothman, who is the Sony president now, used to be under Fox. He did, he did not understand this whole fad of comic book films. He didn't see any market in it. He was the one who had the director of, uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is a bad movie on its own. He was the one, Tim Roth, sorry, Tom Rothman, sorry, Tom Rothman told the director to, <laughs> to close Deadpool's mouth, to 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 shut his mouth permanently, even though Deadpool is known as the Merc with the mouth. <laughs> and then Tim Miller, who is the director of the uh, first Spider-Man, I'm sorry, Spider-Man film, uh, the Deadpool film, uh, said during an interview, <sighs> "Crap, I can't even fucking find this quote." They said, here's what the budget needs to be if we're going to do this as an R-rated film. And the number had to start with a four, and then it was up to the point where the senior execs at Fox were looking at it. Fox chairman Tom Rothman just said, no, we don't get it. Tom told me, love your passion, but I just don't care for the script. Don't get it. Exactly. And then we know what happened with Deadpool. People are like fucking fiending for a Deadpool 3 movie. Some people don't understand sarcasm. Like. That's all Deadpool is. That is true. fucking sarcasm. That is absolutely true. And and I like like I love the people that I work with, but mm. like sometimes 
and when you're working in like an office or like and you're in a corporate setting and you try to bring your sarcasm out they're mm. like no you just have a fucking attitude like an attitude mm. problem yeah so it's like I can kind of understand where they're coming from, but that's mm. why you're not creative talent. That's why you're a fucking executive. Yeah, that's why you're just the businessman. Right. Yeah, they they can't see... The, some businessmen, I'm not saying all of them, but some business people, they can't see the dollar value within the creativity or even the fact that this... Or, or even willing to take a gamble. And Sony, I mean, yo, you got Spider-Man 1 and 2, which are all right. I'll, I'll come out and say it. They're all right. Yeah, Spider-Man 3, which is god-awful. I don't know why people still like that movie. And then you got Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, which are so bad, they couldn't even get to part 3. And mm. they set up for part 3. That's how fucking bad it was. <laughs> you know? I mean... Oh, and here's... Oh, check this out. For all you people who want to say, oh, you know, Disney, all they want is money, blah, 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 blah. The James Bond films. Uh, they're distributed by sony sony gets 20 million dollars and all they do is distribute they don't have to do jack all they have to do is distribute but sometimes it's not even it doesn't even cost that much mm-hmm. but they still get 20 million dollars of the fucking profit from the from any bond film so what i understand about this is that other companies who are using Sony to distribute or Sony to do this or that, where mm. that they can make their money by not being creative, mm. should just not do that. Mm. So they can't bring in any money then because that's obviously how they're keeping themselves afloat then. Yeah, that's that's probably the whole oh, shebang yeah. on that. Uh, Sony did, um, they did buy Insomniac Games that uh, made the widely successful uh, Spider-Man uh, for the PS4. Mm-hmm. So they might be trying to do something with that um, or try to get the writers behind that video game because that was a really great story. So they might try to pull them. Um, as as of now, uh, uh, John Watts, who directed uh, Far From Home, I'm sorry, Homecoming and Far From Home, is now kind of split between he's not attached to do part three so supposedly uh disney's pulling him away saying come work with us instead which i would i would straight go to disney because because even though disney's disney disney lets you play i feel like you play but here's the thing Mm -hmm. no think about psychology here okay okay would you rather be the hero by by keeping a fan favorite afloat mm. or would you rather go where it's kind of the easy way like you know people are gonna straight up be like no i would ra- like i would want to try to work with with spider-man mm. so that people don't hate that story now okay here's here's my take on that sony's been known to interfere with the making of certain films they get they got in the way of sam Raimi, sam Raimi's spider-man 3 well i'm not saying that it's gonna work out for him i'm mm. just gonna say oh, what would I like grab? in your mind mm. that's the way you'd probably want to start off and okay. then you would fucking get burned and then be mm. like oh i should have fucking gone with disney okay this is what i would have this is if i was john watts i've already made my statement in my spider-man movies with one with homecoming and far from home i've worked i've I've worked in that world. I would honestly be ready to go to something else. And if Disney is courting me, courting me to join them, 
I would be like, all right, I'm interested. I mean, Disney, like I said, true, they're Disney. They're the house of mouse and everything. But Disney also owns Fox property. And there's some stuff in there I would want to play with. Mm-hmm. Disney, of course, there's stuff in Star Wars I would love to. Fucking Ryan Johnson, independent director Ryan Johnson. Known Star Wars fan. This mm. is how hardcore of a Star Wars fan he is. He went to the um, the hut that's out out in the desert where they shot. Uh, it's it's Luke Skywalker's home mm-hmm. out on T- Tatooine. He doesn't can't go to Tatooine, but <laughs> out in the desert. Rumor has it that he went out there, went to the set, got a glass of milk and poured blue uh, food color and drank it just to say he can do it. <laughs> that's a, that's a crucial. I mean, for your Star Wars fans, you know the whole blue milk scenario. Yeah. And he did the Last Jedi. He's playing in that world now. Fuck, I would just, I would go. I would go to Disney. I'd be like, cool, y'all gonna do this? I'm gonna go to Disney. I'm gonna go do what I want to go do. I'm gonna yeah. see something interesting. Okay, I think <laughs> I think as a writer, I would have a really hard time of letting go of something that I was already trying to build. Well, that's the thing. Well, I guess it just depends on you get to that point where mm. you're ready to let go because you've done what you wanted to do, mm-hmm. or or is he just not done with it yet? Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know, like you could see other possibilities because he just got past the baton. Yeah, that's true. But like, he can't. He, he he's he's confined to like that Spider Verse. He can't he can't make any further interaction with. Uh, a Marvel character because Marvel is not letting any of their characters into that universe now. So it's now constrained to like that small of what we got. You know what they're going to do? Hmm. They're going to have Tom Hardy and him interact. Not going to lie. I'm hearing rumors that what, that that it might go that route. They might do Venom again <laughs> for a third fucking Spider-Man movie. And fuck that Venom movie. You mm. you and I both saw it. We're just like, this movie's trash. It's, it wasn't even just the writing. It was like the directing was awful. <sighs> Jesus Christ, that movie's bad. Um, Kevin Feige. Uh, Kevin Feige and Tom Holland, who were at D20, D23, spoke about the divorce. Kevin Feige said, um, I'm feeling about Spider-Man gratitude and joy. We got to make five films with the MCU, um, within the MCU with Spider-Man, two standalone films and three with the Avengers. It was a dream that I never thought would happen. Oh, seriously, dude, I thought this never happened either. It was never meant to last forever. We knew there was a finite amount of time that we'd be able to do this. And we told the story we wanted to tell. And I'm always thankful, uh, for that. Tom Holland everybody want to hear what what tom holland had to say mm-hmm. he said basically we've made five great movies kind of the same thing mm-hmm. it's been five amazing years and i've had the time of my life who knows what the future holds but all i know is that i'm going to continue playing spider-man having the time of my life it's going to be so fun however we choose to do it the future of spider-man will be different but it will be equally as awesome and amazing and we'll find a new ways to make it even cooler mm-hmm. all right man We'll see how that movie turns out. <laughs> I, I do not have high hopes for that film. No. Oh, man. Fuck, man. Go my fucking Spider-Man. God damn it. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So, yeah, that's going to be it for our news segment. And we are going to jump into the uh, review of... What the fuck are we <laughs> No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, folks. I feel like I have to say this correctly. Otherwise, I'm going to really fuck it up. Uh, there we go. We're going to see. <laughs> I don't know why I had to look up the fucking information. We are going to review uh, Ready or Not. Ooh. 
can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Ladomus Gaming Dynasty Empire. Uh, Dominion, we prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing. And then you are officially part of the family. So at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? Well, the rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? I mean, stay hidden until dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. All right. It was three words. I know, no. For Ready some, or not. I know, I know, I know. And like like the here, song. Here was, here was my thing. I kept thinking, I kept thinking, I have to say the genre, what year, all that kind of shit. And my brain just went, dude, why are you? F-? It came out like a week ago. Shut up. <laughs> 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 All right, so ready or not, um, here I come. Yeah, <laughs> based off of the Fuji. Song. You can't hide. <laughs> can you stop it. Stop. I'm gonna uh, find you. <laughs> All right, so ready or not, uh, 2019, uh, directed by Kelsey. You're gonna have to help me with this name. Uh, Matt Pellini, open. Bettinelli, open. Bet- open, and Tyler Gillette. Uh, hair. Oh, you can air, say that word. Heir to the Gillette Razor Company. No, it's not spelled the same. I know, just making that up. Jeez. <laughs> uh, writers, uh, Guy uh, Busick and Ryan Murphy. It's starring uh, Samara Weaving, Adam Brody, Margot Bryan, Henry Zerny. Zerny, thank you. And Annie McDowell. Annie McDowell, classic mm-hmm. actress. Uh, synopsis uh, Bride's uh, Wedding Night takes a sinister turn when her eccentric new in law new new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game mm-hmm. you're listening to the real appeal podcast kelsey <laughs> what did you think about this movie i love this movie go on okay mm. if i'm gonna say in one sentence how i feel about this movie mm-hmm. is that Though it's a modern movie and there's a very definite modern feel about it, yeah. it definitely kind of gives me the nostalgia of like older horror movies. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got you. Okay. Boom. <laughs> That's it. That's that seemed longer than one sentence. No. Oh. That was one sentence. Gotcha. Boom was not part of it. Oh. Okay. Normally when someone says, if I can say one sentence, they say the one sentence and that's it. The boom, the boom wasn't part of my thing. It was, you know, to tell you, mm-hmm. there it is. That's your, that's your one sentence. There it is. <laughs> no, whoop. whoop. There it oh. is. <laughs> Fuck. Anyway. Um, yeah, I would have to agree with that assessment. I had a blast watching this movie. I did not. I'm very picky when it comes to like my horror slasher thriller films because they all kind of seem the same. Mm-hmm. This one was a lot of fun, and mm-hmm. it was actually surprisingly really fucking funny. Yeah, I actually thought okay. So the lead actress, mm-hmm. I don't know that I've seen her in anything. Mm-hmm. She seems like a model that like you wouldn't see her in, in a funny light at all. Yeah. But she definitely fills my my daily need for sarcasm. 
Oh yeah, there was there was a lot of that like just like coming out of her. Like in the in the film, and it's not giving it away. Obviously, she's a bride. She's getting married. Mm. I want to fucking marry her. Honestly, she's so goddamn funny. Like if I could have that level of like humor and and like snark and like and it's all out of like fun and love or whatever in my life every single day i'd be the happiest person ever gotcha gotcha okay okay um yeah she was like the standout star of the whole movie um some of the some of the other actors seemed a little wooden um uh for example like the boyfriend i didn't yeah. really like his acting too much um a lot of the characters, they kind of, they were kind of really cartoonish. Not too cartoonish, but they were like the just the right amount. But her seemed to kind of like lead the pack because she was able to really convey like the horror of this thing, but to still turn it into a bit of comedy mm-hmm. uh, with certain scenes. Um, one person who I did like uh, is the lady who played like the aunt, the like really old like oh with the crazy fucking hair yeah i can't find her like she stuck her finger in a light socket yeah exactly i can't really find her name right now but i was totally digging on her and how like fucking crazy she was um one thing that was i i saw on twitter is that somebody had like said that this this lady should have been ursula (laughs) in the the little mermaid live action (laughs) which i thought that was like a great assessment um i also did like uh the father uh his name was what's his name? henry christney right citizen street what's his name the father you correct oh you, zerny zerny henry zerny i've seen henry zerny before and a bunch of other stuff um but his comedic timing was really well really well thought out and annie mcdowell annie mcdowell is normally known for um she's normally she does a lot of rom-coms and stuff like that and she can be funny but she was also kind of like like really dark and sinister is she cool. the really pretty one that's like, I only married you for... No, no, no. Annie McDowell played the mother. Oh. The mother who smoked. Never mind. Oh, That's that not one. who I thought it was. Oh, that one? Uh, her name was Emily. Uh, her, her, I'm sorry. The actress's name is... Uh, oh, that's not her name. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, she played the wife of Adam Brody. Her name... Ugh, I can't even say that name. It's like Elsie... Levisky? Levisky? Levesque. Levesque. Thank you. She's really pretty. I gotta get Elise. That. Elise. Sorry. Elise Levesque. She's really pretty, but I did like her kind of like darkness. Mm-hmm. Um, she even says, this line, it's not a spoiler, but like she even says like this line of like, I don't want to go back to my previous life. Like, I'd rather do this than go back to my previous life. And I'm like, what the fuck was so bad in her life that she would commit murder yeah. to stay in that? Like, what the <laughs> hell? Um, what else that I like about it? Well, the horror was good. I really like uh, how good that horror was, like the blood and the guts and everything. Uh, I found the name of the grandma. Hmm. Uh, Nikki Guadagni. Guadagni, okay. Yeah. Um, um, she played, I guess she was known for Cube in 97, uh, oh. Lars and the Real Girl in 07, okay, Crash, remember, she was in Crash in 96. Now I'm remembering that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing, oh, here's one thing I really, I really got applause. The movie is a tight 90 minutes and it's, oh. it mm-hmm. goes perfect. There's like, 
there's really no slowing there's, there's no like, like a couple of parts that are a little bit slower but it, there's kind of a point mm-hmm. um i i think that was because that allowed like a little bit of a breathing room yeah uh but sorry go on well because you can't be a whole film of just anxiety the whole 90 minutes but yeah anxiety ridden all that shit um i think the kids did pretty well too the little the little kids yeah man fuck those kids exactly they need to die (laughs) you'll find out if they did in the spoiler section (laughs) (laughs) okay so um without giving the ending away Mm -hmm. my feeling about it Mm. is that it's almost i swear like something um jordan peele would write it felt like Jordan Pill to me. Yeah, I can picture in that. In a way. I can picture that. I feel yeah. like he would have written it a little, for as tight as the 90 minutes were, mm-hmm. and as good as it was, I feel like he would have written it just a little better to maybe tie up some of Double whatever Lewis plot holes that we might have found in it. Okay, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can definitely understand that. Um, another thing that I really dug was uh, the lighting. Um, there, they, they didn't, this, this, this always bothers, bothers me. (laughs) This always bothers me in film where it's a dark room. It's supposed to be dark, but you can clearly see what is going on in that room because, you know, they have to get the shot and they have to, they, yeah, it's a theater of the mind where they, you have to pretend it's as dark as the character sees it's dark. This one really really had a lot of low lighting that added more to the suspense. Mm. Um, especially certain scenes when uh, the movie took place outside, you would see super duper bright lights, like a, almost like a searchlight, someone holding a type of s- searchlight lamp or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't see who was holding it, which added more to the suspense. Right. Which is like a real life. Like, yeah. In other films, if someone was holding a light, you could totally see who it was. But in this one, it's like, no, in real life, you can't see who's behind a light because yeah. the light's too fucking bright. Yeah. So it was really great how they were able to to use that and to convey like the horror of like this girl trying to survive um, what was going on around her. I, you know, one of my favorite things about how they portrayed the story and, mm. and how it moved forward was her dress. Oh yeah, we'll go. Yeah, I, we'll, we definitely got to talk about that because I have the same thought on it, and I actually found a little bit of information about in regards. Oh, you to did. That. Yeah, okay, cool. But yeah, we'll definitely go into that because I got to talk. We got to talk about that. Mm. Um, what else? Anything else you want to add before we actually jump into the spoiler section? Uh, no, I just want to go into you it. jump right into it. <laughs> okay, so ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to be spoiled for the film ready or not, uh, we got a little spoiler bumper for you, and. Uh, We'll see you when you come back after the spoilers. All right. So we're in the spoiler section. Mm. All right. Let's, 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 dig in, let's dig into this bad boy RV, okay? I want to start at the beginning. Okay. 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 I don't want to give away like all the details of the movie, but mm. the lead character is, you know, the bride. Yeah. And she is uh, Grace. Her name was Grace in the movie. Right. Mm. You can tell that she like I don't know, it's not a conventional relationship. 
mm-hmm. like she talks about what she calls a bonathon. That's what their whole their whole relationship was. Yeah, and the relationship was only like eighteen months. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and then she's marrying into this huge family, and she feels the pressure, and, um, you know, and then you find out that she's the one who wanted to get married. Really. You didn't hear that part? I didn't know. I thought it was the, uh, I thought it was the, uh, the boyfriend, the one who was really adamant about getting married. No, but okay. we'll talk about when, when we realize that later. Okay. Okay. But okay. it's I like, that. yeah, it's definitely, um, you, you, you get a sense of the family. Like I think the wedding is a really good jumping off point of you meet everybody. This is the reason why everyone's here. This is who everyone is mm-hmm. and that's it. Uh, yeah. And I like how, um, like from the start, you got an understanding that, uh, Grace and her fiance, uh, Alex played by Mark O'Brien, you can tell they have, they've had a fun relationship that Mm -hmm. they get each other. Like, you know, like they're best friends. They're best. Yeah. They're, they're best friends. They're getting each other with jokes and everything. And I actually like how they introduced the brother, uh, played by Adam Brody. Uh, I like how you can tell there's a connection between the two. Like they always have each other's back. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go into like that a little bit later on in the movie. They oh, actually cool. kind of got that in the beginning too, because mm-hmm. just before the wedding, there's like a scene from their childhood mm. and one's always looking out for the other. Like, yeah, I think Alex is the one who's always looking out uh, for the, uh, who was always looking out for uh, Daniel. Yeah. That seems to be the case. Uh, yeah, because, oh, so, yeah, I mean, that, that whole relationship, because it leads into, like, the fact that Alex um, is supposed to be, like, the uh, the rightful heir to, like, this family, which I think they're, I always think, like, the fact that how they got their money was kind of funny. Because it's for making games. Yeah, it's making board games, you know? Okay, but... Here's the other thing, too. In, in the beginning, she mentions when, you know, they're going to get married, mm. how she doesn't quite like his brother. Okay. Uh, because he's, like, always staring at her, always hitting on her, or whatever. He's always drunk. Oh, see, that, I, that part. I know the drunk part, yeah, but the whole... I thought, I thought she was playing with him about, like, you're always staring at me. I thought she joked around. I thought they were joking around. I don't know about that. Okay. But I honestly, if I think about it now, mm-hmm. he's always drunk and he's always staring at her or hitting on her or whatever. Because I think he knows what's going to happen to her. Yes. yes. And I think he's okay. trying to save her. Yeah. Even before. Like, I think he was just trying to ruin the relationship mm. unsuccessfully because he he knows, like, if you fucking fall in love with her, you're going to get your heart broken. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're going to get your heart stabbed in the chest. um so i have a i have this one thing that i I was really puzzled by so they the family they they play this game they play it's it's it's, the father gets into this really in-depth story of how they got their money which I really dug that story. Mm-hmm. You know, the father met this mysterious man. This mysterious man gave him this box, and he was like, "If you can get, if you can unlock it, and whatever pops out of that box, that's like yours." You know. Mm-hmm. And they have to like put this card, this blank card, in this box to re- so they put this blank card in this box, 
and the box like reveals a game they're going to play and then they play that game right for that night mm-hmm. okay so this is like they have to play hide and seek hide and seek oh and first of all mm-hmm. i also like how when they're passing the box around mm-hmm. you see everybody's reaction to the father's oh, story oh yeah like who believes in that story who thinks it's bullshit mm-hmm. like come on are we doing this again yeah and um I think it was, it's funny how, like, she pops out this car. It says, hide and seek. What if it said, like, duck, duck, goose? Mm-hmm. Like, would the night still end the same? Like, would they have to still try to murder her? But in a duck, duck, goose way? Because it was, it, like, that, that, that kind of bothered me. But it made me think, like, okay, like, because they, they didn't want, they, didn't, they were hoping this car would not come out. Mm-hmm. They're like, we hope it's not hide and, hide and seek. But, like, were they, like, we hope there's not hide-and-seek so we don't have to kill her? Or we hope it's something else so we don't have to kill her? Uh, Which I was perplexed by. The only thing that got me about that was it was an original game. It wasn't, I mean, it was not an original game. Mm. It was a game that I don't even think anyone knows who fucking made it. Well, hide-and-seek? Yeah it's like a children's game like it's not like a game that they made you know the grandfather made or anything it was just a game yeah okay that like was, they could have played tag yeah but would they still have to try to kill her <laughs> for playing and play like well, hey tag you're it if i catch you i get to kill you well you get the sense it's the only game that they would have had to kill her. Like mm. if it stresses out, it stresses them out. Cause they don't really want to do it. Oh, I think some of them actually really do enjoy it, but yeah. Like what's her name? Um, Aiden, uh, Adam Brody's wife. Um, Jesus Christ. I forgot her name already. She, her name's charity. I think that's funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah she oh, was like, Oh, yeah, Elise was Levesque. It. Yeah. She was into it. And, uh, the girl who played, uh, Emily, she was into it too. <laughs> Fucking Emily. She was hilarious. <laughs> Melanie Scrifano. Yeah, Melanie Scrifano. She was hilarious. Um, I like her level of like her. I mean, the main character when they're all finally sitting down and they're mm-hmm. they choose this game and she's like, "Oh, this is." really weird because we're doing this at midnight on my fucking wedding night but yeah and she's like cool. are, she's like, like yeah, and she's also like are we really playing this like really we're really doing this yeah and they're like yeah yeah like go high and she's like okay sure not knowing <laughs> she's about to be like you know have to survive for the night and she even has a scene then in the dumb waiter she's like talking to herself like all right hey how did you spend your wedding night oh <laughs> yeah. you know hiding in the dumb waiter <laughs> yeah right um uh, one thing I, I I totally dug is like the reason why they have to play this game. Oh yeah, and they have to kill this. They have they don't they don't have to kill her. I mean they have to kill her, but not like in the process of playing hide hide and seek. They have to bring her in to sacrifice her to some devilish being or some shit like so that. It's, supposedly, it's like the devil's game of like. Are you um, worthy or something like that? No, um, bullfighting. Oh, okay. Because they have yeah. to wear her down, and then oh yeah, they have to like yeah, and he f- maybe feeds off the fe- off her fear and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I like how like how they were going back and forth. Like 
even like the dad was like, we have to play this game. If we don't, we have to play this game. We have to kill. If we don't, we're all going to fucking die. No, in that particular scene, because I think they were also debating about the security cameras. Oh, right? yeah. They made so a it's this about that. huge ass mansion. Mm. And obviously it's been upgraded with all of the amenities that we expect you know, from today. Yeah. But not once did they mention if it was legal or not to lock all the doors electronically. Yeah, so that's exactly. Get out. Exactly. They said we can't use the cameras, but we can surely electronically lock all the fucking doors. And the reason, like, they wouldn't use, they couldn't use the cameras is because, like, well, grandfather didn't use the cameras that time. Well, and then they even go into argument, like, well, cameras went around that fucking time. <laughs> you know? But I, but going back to what the father was saying, that he keeps saying, him and him and the aunt, they kept saying, we have to do this. Otherwise, we're all going to fucking die. The whole family's going to die. But they wouldn't say how. They wouldn't say how. And some of them were like, this, like, is this even, like, is that even true? Or are we just really fucked up people? Because they've never lost before. They've never lost. And the father even mentions another family that says, like, oh, so-and-so were stuck in the same thing, and we know what happened to them. Their house burned down. Yeah, and then he goes, like, yeah, that's the story the media tells you. Which is, like, what happened with that family? I want to know what went down with that. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I was really digging, like, the whole... I was digging, like, not only was this woman trying... Not only was Grace trying to survive... It was the whole mystery of like, is this family really just fucking nuts or really tied to tradition or are they really going to die if they don't kill this woman? And mm. they kept toying with that over and over, like little subtle hints. Yeah. Which I was totally digging. I was totally behind all of that. All right. I want to move into the fact like we've we've talked about her picking the card. She knows what game she's going to do. Mm -hmm. She kind of doesn't believe it, but she's hiding in the dumbwaiter or whatever. Yeah. Her husband finds her and like, he's like, come with me, come with me. Right. Yeah. And, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing? We're playing this game. She's still kind of cutesy. Like, you know, mm. I want to talk about the first time I noticed that her wardrobe was kind of a symbol. Okay. Because he told her to put better shoes on. And she put on Converse. Okay. And for me, that was like a moment of like, I don't know, like, um, like you'd almost get like an indie feel for a switch up like that. Like, like, you know what Converse symbolizes anyways. And she's kind of kick ass and she's kind of like, they symbolize like running a lot. Yeah. Even mm -hmm. though they're not running shoes, it's definitely like, um, I don't know, like, you know, when girls wear dresses or whatever and they wear Converse. Mm -hmm. I don't know. There's something, like, cool about it's it. Something like a rebellious. Like, yeah, she, rebellious. She has this all-white wedding dress, beautiful gown, which I'll admit, that gown looked dope on her. Yeah. But she wore, like, she, you know, he was like, oh, put on your shoes. And it was, like, these kind of orange or yellowish, uh, dirty-looking Converse. Instead of, like, running shoes like Nikes or, or uh, other running shoes adidas adidas mm -hmm. yeah she, New put balance. On, she put on covers yeah she put on converse and i do like the fact that he was he was trying to help her like little by little he mm. didn't he, he couldn't he couldn't straight tell her so he was trying to give her like small advantages here and there like how he showed how um 
there was a moment where like the aunt came into the room and they didn't know she was in there mm-hmm. and then she realized like oh there's like a hidden there's a hidden passageway for the butlers or whatever mm-hmm. and he said like oh yeah they're all around the house so he's kind of like like subconsciously telling her you can hide in here if you have to yeah you know and then here are your converse you know put those on <laughs> um yeah i fully agree with your assessment on the converse i didn't think about it until like you mentioned it but yeah yeah so then then her dress kind of gets in the way like almost immediately because yeah, she starts tearing it off. Yeah, and she tears it off. So mm-hmm. now it's a shortened wedding gown and it looks even cooler. Mm-hmm. And then every step along the way as she's fighting for her life, mm-hmm. that dress is also kind of like hanging on and getting beaten up like yeah. to the point where at the end it's basically black. Yeah, it's covered in blood and all that kind of shit. And she's like shedding, she's like sh- um, shedding what the, what their idea of her of what a, a wet of a bride or a victim would be the sweet innocent victim right and she came out like i'm not sweet you know and she even meant she's like i'm not innocent because she she's she comes off as a girl who's the party who's done some things and whatever mm-hmm. so but it that's what got her to survive right the, yeah um and then also there was something else i was gonna say it had to do with her dress um the fact that it was like shedding off piece by piece no you said that already no no but like even like the arm when the arm was coming off when she tore the arm off at one point oh yeah but she i think she wrapped that around her hand yeah because she oh that's what i was gonna say you were saying that it she was like shedding their idea of what a bride should be Mm -hmm. and i'm i was thinking that she was shedding the idea of what a wife should be. Oh, okay. Okay. You gotcha, know, gotcha, so okay. as as the, the dress gets dirtier, I think her view on love was getting more and more f- like jaded. Like, oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. okay, okay. Like, I'm never going to fucking do this again. Yeah. Up until the point where like she's like literally covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so going to the dress, uh, costume designer Avery uh, Pales, um had 17 different versions of of the wedding dress and it was supposed to correspond her attitude Mm -hmm. makes complete sense um so you want to talk about that you want to talk about that ending that crazy ass reveal yeah okay we're in the spoilers if you don't if you're still here in the spoilers and you haven't seen the movie i mean you know your your fault so they they the family has got grace after Grace has beaten the mother to death in front of the son who was trying to save her, which I, I later stopped believing, believing he was going to be the hero. As the movie went further on, I was like, he's going to turn bad. Something about it, he's going to turn bad. Mm-hmm. The son goes, after seeing his mother dies, even though he said he would rather see his mother dead than Grace dead, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. plot hole. Um, they're going to sacrifice her for this devilish being. Which, if you think about it, if you remember the the face that was on the, what was the name of the family? They were called the Los. The Ladamas. The Ladamas. If you look at the symbol of like their logo, it kind of looked devilish. Yeah. Um, they end up, because they have to kill her before dawn. They end up not going through with it because she bought herself like a couple of minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. And for a moment, nothing's happened to the family at all. 
And everyone was like. Yeah. And then you get to the point where, you know, everyone's like, there's nothing wrong. Like nothing's yeah. going to happen. Okay. It was fucking lying. You know, oh, we're yeah. kind of sorry. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. But there's, but okay. I'm sorry. Go on, go on, go on. And, you know, and then what happened? Well, like, here's the thing. They're like, oh shit. Like, you know, we survived. It's all bullshit. But they're like, but what should we do with her? We actually try to kill her. Yeah. And they're like, we're going to fucking kill her anyway. Blah. And then the aunt just explodes. Just boom. And then it's like kind of a funny sound. It's like pop. Yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, huge explosion. Everyone's like, oh shit. And then the family just starts boom, boom, boom. Just like exploding and shit. <laughs> Which I was just like, whoa holy shit it's funny oh and by the way the mansion's on fire because they knocked over candlesticks yeah exactly so the mansion's on fire they 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 have not stopped the fire because they have to sacrifice or you know they don't have time to stop they don't have to put it on fire yep they, they just start exploding i like the fact that like the uh, the daughter um the daughter who was the fuck up of the family mm-hmm. how she like grabbed her kids her little fucking evil kids and was like come on we gotta go we gotta get out of here and they just (laughs) no it's funny because they go into the other room so you don't see it (laughs) and you hear two little pops and then a big one yeah just (laughs) (laughs) like yes fuck those kids Uh, and then so uh, then after that it's just the husband yes the husband and grace and for a minute i thought he was actually going to survive like something I don't know, because he said something like, I'm a better person, I'm a different... He said something like, on the line of like, I'm not the fa- I'm not this family. Even though he like, was going to fucking kill her anyway. Mm-hmm. And she ended up saying like, honey, I want a divorce. And then boom, just blows the fuck up. She- why? Um, my question to you is, why was he the last one, other than it was good for the story? I don't know. I, I don't know. I Dramatic effect? Well, you say good for the story, but I, I think that was the only reason why. Because the father was an after the aunt blew up, the father was the next one. The family wanted her, if she was going to get married to him, mm-hmm. the family was going to use their marriage basically to murder her as a sacrifice. Yeah. And when it came down to it, the bond of that ring that he was wearing. Oh, yeah. Okay. was the only thing keeping him alive, even though it wasn't sacred to him in the beginning. It sure as hell was sacred, air quotes, now. Mm. And when she took her ring off and threw it Mm. at him. Okay. That's when he fucking exploded. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I can totally see that. I I can see that. Um, So, yeah. And then, like, she looks. Oh, you know what? Hmm take it a step further all right i'm listening i'm all ears <laughs> i actually think it's because when you get married in a traditional sense they bless the rings oh but wait if that's the case then um well, let me see anna mcdonald died okay all right so then the the sisters okay so the husband's the okay the son uh adam brody's character him and his wife don't you think that well, they were kind of evil too, right? So they would they would naturally blow up because they were. They so were, my thing, are you saying because the other married characters didn't have the it didn't have the same effect? Yeah, but they didn't play the game. No, the 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 um uh, for I, their marriage. Yeah, you're absolutely right. They didn't play the game for their marriage. Yeah, they they were just involved in other games. Right. So okay. two things: they didn't play the game for their marriage, but then also. 
Mm. Um, I feel like just because your rings are blessed, mm. if you then decide after that that you want to be a part of this fuckery, that kind of takes like you're basically now a sinner. Like you're okay. So whatever you just bless, like mm. you need to wash yourself of your sins again for it to be to whatever. T- yeah, to survive. Okay. Um, and then they actually show a quick flash, you know, it's like a really a blinking, you'll miss it. Where like the fire that it was in the room, like in the fireplace, kind of like, kind of like gets higher, really goes ablaze. And then you see like this devilish creature or this devilish person mm-hmm. in the chair that they were like, this is the chair of the, the, the grandfather. No, it wasn't. The, I don't think it was supposed to be grandfather. I think it was supposed to be. Oh, the devil. Yeah, it was supposed to be the devil or the person who the grandfather made the deal with or the great grandfather made the yeah. deal with. And he like, you can see he like smiles and like nods at her like, thank you. <laughs> you know, like, like pretty much like, I could have taken your soul, but instead I took this whole family soul. Thank you. I don't think he was thanking her. Maybe like a respect? I think it was respect. Like, you, yeah. fuck, you won. You won. Good G- job. Yeah, game recognizes game. Yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much it. Which is, that's the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah, love the film. Kelsey, you love the film, correct? You thought you had a good time watching it? Loved it. D- I didn't. We, I didn't even. Okay. So even with whatever plot holes we found in it, mm-hmm. it didn't come across as something that was so serious that you wanted to follow every plot detail. You just wanted oh, yeah. to have a good time anyway. Yeah. So, so it's not a reason why not to watch the movie. Yeah. Um, let's, let's go a little bit into what some of the plot holes was or a little bit of dislike. Um, Apparently, these people can move really fast or cross <laughs> great lengths of distance when it needs to be. Um, there's a scene where Grace gets her hands, uh, it's behind a, the wheel of a car, takes off, and it's like, I'm going to get, I'm going to get away. She calls OnStar, and they're like, this car's report. I don't know how the fuck they report that car is stolen so fucking fast. Mm. And then they shut the car off. But, like, she had to, like, beat the shit out of this, the, the butler or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. To get the car and like she drives let's say she has to drive for at least five minutes right yeah and well, only it's a good distance away because she's driving fast yeah she's on like probably top speed heading the fuck out for at least five minutes mm-hmm. but when the car stopped that dude like he was right up, there just boop, like popped up like right there teleported over there <laughs> found some secret tunnel that the, that the only the butlers know <laughs> it was minecraft and, yeah <laughs> yeah it was a minecraft <laughs> yeah so that was that was a that was a i was just like wow okay all right let's fuck fuck logic there and another point that was so stupid is when the car like after the butler catches her has in the back of the car there's a car accident that happens the car flips and it just so happens to flip with like adam brody's character just happened to be out there taking a smoke oh yeah and then like after he like knocks out grace he like the father appears out of nowhere. He's like, come on. He's like, hey, come on out. I know you're out there. He's like, how'd you know I was here? I'm like, I'm not stupid. I'm drunk. I'm not stupid. How the fuck did the father get out there so goddamn fast? <laughs> they were, li- they were, their characters were literally watching the accident happening as it was going. Mm. And then he was out there in 15 seconds. Um, one plot hole for me was when her husband was chained to the bed. Mm-hmm. And he somehow used the chain to rub the wood free. Mm. like but every time you looked at they did like a little close-up of it it didn't look like it was naturally like shaved away from it it looked like it was like all nice and neat and camera ready and shit like 
And it and wasn't. It seemed like it wasn't even that much damage. No, and then honestly, I mean, I know real wood's hard to break, but when you have wood that's not thick all the way across and there are little pieces, mm. if you really wanted to get away from that, you totally could. Like he, like with his strength, he could have like broken, uh, broken it. Yeah, he could have. Yeah, he looked like a dude who like works out, so he looked like he could have like. Or adrenaline. I mean, like I don't fucking work out with my belly all fucking hanging out and shit, but. (laughs) Stop it! It's not that bad. (laughs) Just don't beat yourself up, please. Like when I have, I don't know. You you hear all these stories about adrenaline. Yeah, mothers like, like lifting cars off of their children. And yeah, stuff like that. yeah, there's absolutely no way if he really loved his wife, he'd be like, oh, "I'm just gonna, you know, wear with wood all night." Like, <laughs> yeah, that's what he. That's how exactly <laughs> he said it. Wear up the wood. That's exactly how he did it. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, it has like I said, it has a few issues. Like the plot holes kind of don't really make sense. The the biggest plot hole for me. Mm-hmm. was why would her husband be helping her get away only to change his mind at the end i think i think seeing his mother head bashed in done by his uh done by his his wife kind of like turned him even though he did say i'd rather see you dead than grace dead you know and he seemed like he was genuine about that that statement Hmm. Um, because that kind of turned the mother like on, cause she was, she was kind of like, I don't want to kill this girl. I, li- I do like her. But like when he said that statement, the mother was like, well, I got I lost my baby. I gotta go fucking kill this girl now. And then he kills. Yeah. And then he like, he changes, which it is kind of sudden. I kind of saw it coming, but at the same time, it was just like, dude, you, weren't you just trying to get her out? Yeah. But you know, he didn't, he didn't do it. And now he's dead. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so yeah that's our that's our little assessment of ready or not uh great film great horror film you guys should definitely check it out uh it's still in theaters now um i wonder if they're gonna do a sequel to that that'd be interesting it'd be called like red rover red rover that'd be the game that'd be the, the nice sequel <laughs> i saw the um you only had two trivia points down and you already talked about the wedding dress but i didn't know that milton bradley and parker brothers were defunct they are you have here the Ladamas family's empire of board games is based on now mm. defunct game manufacturers milton bradley company and parker brothers huh uh, yeah i put that there but uh, for some reason i'm like no that's not true i guess so shit no i have to look it up yeah yeah was yep was a board yep was <laughs> yeah 2009 for which Shh. one for milton bradley Really? Yeah, 2009. I remember that. Now. Oh, Hasbro, because I think Hasbro brought them out. Yeah, defunct. Oh no, defunct in '98. The company was defunct in '98. Milton Bradley. Yeah, Hasbro. But they were still making shit, or at be, least maybe they were using their name. I think because Hasbro had bought them out. Mm. Maybe that that was the case. Um, and Hasbro revived the brand with the release of several new games, uh, which bear similarities with those of some of its previous better known products. And this is Parker Brothers. So yeah. they, I guess they bought them out too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I, you know what? That, that has me think about it. A lot of like those Milton Bradley games I used to play, I think I, my mom still has some of the old game boxes. Mm-hmm. But like you see the newer versions and they just like hit 
and cool and you know way too fucking fast. Well, if that's true, uh, hold on to those because I bet you they're worth money now. Those things are jacked up. <laughs> the boxes are all jacked up. They're worth five bucks. Yeah, seriously, they were they were worth like twenty cents when the company went under. Now they're like five bucks. Yay. <laughs> 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 I mean, if you think about it in terms of percent, that's great. Okay. <laughs> you know. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> that's going to be a review for Ready or Not. You guys should definitely check it out. From there, we are going to jump into our talk for uh, about D23. That happened uh, over the weekend. Uh, D23 is considered the Disney Ultimate Fan Expo. Why do they call it D23? Do you know? Disney? Oh, 23 Club. And the 23 Club is like the highest like membership oh, okay. of Disney. It's, I think it's something like that. Um, but yeah, D23 happened. Um, I was there on Friday. I got to check out a couple of cool stuff. Kelsey was there. Kelsey and myself were there on Saturday. Uh, so we walked the floor. So a couple big news that came out. We're actually just going to fire this off pretty fast because it's a lot. Um, so for Disney Plus, they talked about uh, Disney Plus showcase. They did Marvel. There's a She-Hulk TV show coming out. A Wandavi- They talked about WandaVision. Uh, WandaVision is going to have a kind of like a like old sitcom kind of vibe, like the Dick Van Dyke show. Mm. And it's kind of weird and trippy. Which I'm all for it because this little like uh, sizzle reel they had of the show, the tone looked really interesting. Um, people who were expected to show up is uh, uh, what's her name, Tiona Paris. She's gonna play an adult version of Monica Rambeau, uh, the daughter from Captain Marvel. Uh, Kat Dennings is coming back from Thor: The Dark World. Randall Park is gonna be coming back from Ant Man of the Wasp. My guess is they're gonna play their characters. But the way how it's going to be, the way how the, uh, like a poster came out, it looks like it might be some like alternate reality mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, so that's one division that's out in spring 2021. They announced a Moon Knight uh, TV show. I know almost nothing about Moon Knight other than that he's like, other than that, he's, he's like Batman, but just more psycho. That sounds like a weird title too. Moon Knight. Moon Knight. Was, I, it's made after like, maybe it's like some spirit, some Egyptian spirit or some shit like that. Mm, yeah. Makes me want to say like Night Monkey. <laughs> Night Monkey. We'll miss you, Night Monkey. <laughs> uh, Miss Marvel TV show. Um, you want to talk about Lindsay McGuire. Oh, yeah. How much I fucking loathe that TV show. Oh, okay. You just want to talk shit about Lindsay McGuire. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that show growing up. Mm hmm. Like other kids love that move, that movie, that the show. show yeah. I think they could relate to it. Mm. But I've never been able to relate with my peers. I from from what I understand, when Hillary Duff came on stage, it's and the showrunner, it's gonna be it's gonna be Liz McGuire, but just grown up and her still dealing with the issues she's had on the show, but now in a in an adult way, or the issues are gonna be in adult issues, but she's still gonna have that cartoon mentality thing that pops i never watched the fucking show i don't know seen clips of it i feel like this is going to be one of those throwaway shows like like any of these sitcoms they try to do where it's all like female based or whatever Mm. but it's always fucking cheesy Mm. or like 
something to make fun of as opposed to like what if she was actually dealing with like a drug issue or like they're gonna go that hard no no i'm not saying they have to but i'm saying Mm. like are they gonna actually deal with any issues are they gonna be like oh it's so hard to be a mom probably i mean there was that show that um there was a a spinoff well i guess i don't know if it's called a spinoff it was uh girl meets world that was based on the uh, yeah. world. But that lasted for like, what, three seasons and they canceled it. Did, did it? Because I heard they were coming out with it and I didn't know they actually did. And then I never heard <laughs> anything else about it. That's it. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, Falcon, the Winter Soldier. Uh, Sharon Carter's going to be com- the actress who plays Sharon Carter. She's going to be coming back. Uh, they're going to introduce. Oh, her name is Emily Van Camp. There you go. Uh, Wyatt oh, Russell. Emily Van Camp. I know who she is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, why? Yeah, she was on some show you used to watch, right? Called like Revenge or something. Mm-hmm. There you go. Ah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wyatt Russell, the son of Kurt Russell, is gonna play John Walker, who is the U.S. agent. Um, Falcon is not gonna be the new Captain America. He's actually gonna be considered the Falcon, which is weird because he got that shield. Um, but from what I heard, the storyline is he's he, he Captain America gave him the shield of the Avengers Endgame. He's supposed to be considered the new Captain America, but his government's like, you're not my Captain America, which is great because that's how it is in the comic. Yeah. That is fucking great. I love that idea. I do too. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed because they'll be like, oh, it's racist or whatever, prejudice. It makes, it's. I'm, but it's real as fuck. Yeah. I mean, like they do, they do that in the, in the comics and it was it, Sam, um, Sam Wilson, who still is considered Captain America, uh, he was it was great his run is great um what else happened? does i'm wondering does bucky kind of become like the i almost feel like he would become like the um antichrist or something of like <laughs> you know like he's not supposed to be captain america because he wasn't chosen mm-hmm. but he's like sure i'll do it and then he's like, uh, like evil or some shit no i honestly think um I honestly think that he's just not gonna want to take uh, the shield. He's like, I don't want, I don't want that life. And I think he still probably feels bad about the shit that he did. Yeah, so. it's Tony Stark's family and everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, there's that. Uh, there was some Black Widow. Oh, before we leave Falcon and Winter Soldier, there was a poster that came out that actually looked pretty dope of Falcon and Winter Soldier. You can see that on our Instagram page and our Facebook page, Twitter account. Um, a lot of these. Uh, Posters I'm going to mention, you will see it on there as well. Uh, they did a Black Widow uh, movie poster, which actually looks pretty fucking dope. You actually get to see David Harbour as, uh, I forget his character's name, but his character looks fucking sweet. Yeah. Um, what else did they do? They show some footage for Black Widow on Saturday. Unfortunately, we did not see that. Um, they did reveal her new, <laughs> they did reveal her new costume. It's like her old costume, but white. <laughs> And I'm I'm hearing a lot of I'm seeing a lot of comparisons between that costume and then the character from what's that CW show here Legends of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, the I one hate the, that show. One of the characters wears an all white outfit. It looks just like that. Really? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, oh, and Black Panther, Black Panther, uh, Ryan Coogler, the man, uh, came out on Saturday and announced that Black Panther will. Uh, be releasing theaters in May 2022. Uh, the title so hasn't been revealed yet, but that's you know whatever. That's um, like almost three years from now. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay, so 
there was a lot of Star Wars news. Um, the cast of uh, The Mandalorian came out. Jason Pascal, uh, Gina Carana. What's that dude's name? I keep saying his name wrong. The Espedito guy. Oh, uh, I don't know if it's Giancarlo or Giancarlo. Giancarlo Espedito. Esposito. 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 Esposito's. John Favreau came out, talked a little bit about the show. Um, you guys can see the trailer on our Facebook page. It's there. It's on YouTube. It looks fucking great. Mm-hmm. Director, documentarian, actor. Werner Herzog, the madman himself, is in that fucking movie. I haven't showed you any Werner Herzog films, but that dude is interesting. God, I love that character. <laughs> I like that word. You're like, interesting. interesting. Yeah, I know, right? Um, one cool thing that I will give Disney Plus serious props on is when the streaming service comes live, everything of Star Wars will be available. Everything. Really? Even the bad shit no one wants to see? Unfortunately, no. Wait, even the uh, that cut that... What cut? That person did that made the prequel oh, make sense. Oh, Topher Grace? Yeah. Oh, I, would, I wish God, that would. <laughs> love to see that cut. <laughs> Fuck, I love to see that cut, man. Um, yeah, that's going to be available. And Hugh McGregor. Oh, so great to be there that day. Hugh McGregor came out and was just like, at the, jokingly, I mean, they were playing, but him and Kathleen Kennedy, the show was about to end. Kathy Kennedy came out and she was just like, oh, hey, I have one more thing to announce or bring it up. Hugh McGregor, great actor, shows up. Soon as Hugh McGregor showed up, because there's been rumored that he was going to return as Obi-Wan Kenobi, people were already just like, holy shit, is this the moment he admits like he's going to fucking be Obi-Wan Kenobi again? And he, he says, hey, Kath, Kath, Kathleen, ask me if I'm going to come back as Obi-Wan Kenobi. And she goes, Ewan, are you going to come back as Obi-Wan Kenobi? Look, he had the biggest fucking grin on his face and goes, Yes. <laughs> Fucking everybody was on their feet like, oh my God. <laughs> I like I jizzed in my pants like 30 times, like, yeah, I'll be once back. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and you didn't die? And I didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, that's so um they're gonna start shooting, I believe, next year. Oh, I forgot. Uh the Rogue One prequel is in the works. They're actually gearing up. For, it's actually in pre-production. Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk did come out and give a little bit of an update on that. Mm. They're gonna um, uh, they're gonna have their show put together. I think Diego Luna slipped because he says something about like he said something talking about ten hours of a show, and I think he let that slip given the number of episodes. It might be an hour. It might be hour long episodes, ten episodes each. That's just my guess, but I think he let it slip. Mm. when he said 10 hours so that happened um we're gonna hold off on the star wars talk the rise of skywalker because i we need to talk about that we need time to talk about that yeah just time to talk about right that. now yeah um park expansions uh kelsey you want to take this one up about the park expansions um epcot is getting overhauled um i've been to epcot and it was kind of cool like i've been to disney and most people like to just walk around and see stuff but epcot makes you kind of feel like you're in other countries sometimes Mm. um so i think it would be interesting to see what they do there um they have a new guardians of the galaxy coaster coming and that's gonna be at epcot right i think so yeah that sounds so fucking cool yeah it does um 
Though it makes me wonder, like, they have that one space, space mountain. Mm-hmm. But it's like a coaster inside of a building in the dark. Yeah. But I wonder if they would just like repurpose that one. I don't think they'll repurpose that. Space Mountain. I, it's I've been really on, popular. It's really popular. I've been on that thing several times, sober and on acid. <laughs> and man, that shit was awesome. <laughs> um, you can fly one of Marvel's Quinjets. Um, and kind of like how they did for Galaxy Galaxy Edge for the Millennium for the Falcon. Millennium Falcon. That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Um, let's see. Epcot getting a Moana attraction. Okay. I, like um, I guess as part of a plan to become more Disney. I I don't know what that means. <laughs> okay. Uh, Marvel Land at Disney California Adventures called Adventures Campus. Um, so they actually have like, like, I don't know. It actually looks like a place that you would go where it's like a training camp or something, right? Yeah, because we saw, we saw a photo because while we were walking the floor on Saturday, uh, we went to that area where it was a lot of Avengers stuff. Mm-hmm. And... They had like this really great uh, concept art of what they want to build, and uh, it looks it, like I said, it looks pretty awesome. But then they also have like a picture of like Spider Man on top of the roof, right? Yeah. And they call that uh, the Marvel Land Web Program, even though like Spider Man's probably not going to be in any future MCU films. Yeah, I think I, I think. That they don't really care about that. They just want the the attendance, and people want to. They want that Spider Man experience, right? Um, and then we've got the uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Galactic Cruiser Hotel, um, preparing for launch. Wasn't it called like the Halcyon or something like that? Yes, yeah. There's this huge ass ship, and it's supposed to be like a hotel kind of thing. I so would love to fucking stay I, in that hotel. I hope the doors open and close <gasps> like they do, oh, like like sliding doors, like. Like, yeah. Oh, that'd be so dope. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, you know what? I actually want to do that just so I can go. This is not the Star Trek Enterprise or Starship Enterprise, and see what happens. <laughs> I got shot in the head. Raw <laughs> movie. Um. Yeah. That's that's it for park expansions. Oh, you know what? They were coming out too. Um. They were not just expanding stuff in the U.S. They were doing like Disney Tokyo and like yeah, Shanghai, uh, Disney Paris. They were showing what they planned to do. It looks really fucking crazy. Yeah, like, like I know America can't have everything, you know, but I'm kind of jealous too. Yo, there's a a Disneyland Tokyo that have like they have a Tron Legacy ride where you ride the fucking light bikes. Mm-hmm. They don't have that here in Cali. I'm just like, fuck! I want to go to Tokyo just to get on that ride. It's so dope. Yeah. All right. Yep. You want to do the Pixar stuff? All right. So for uh, new animations, they have Raya and the Last Dragon. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm all in for animation. I'm probably going to watch it. Uh, Soul will be Pixar's most abstract and jazziest film to date. I'm pretty sure that has like it's a play on words because it's soul. Yeah. Soul, jazz. You know. Um, I, I, I heard I was hearing about this. Um uh while we're at while we're at the convention um this is it the concept is really interesting um because it has to it's from the same people that made um inside out inside out but this is how like where inspiration comes from and where like your purpose in life and where does like that inspiration comes from which i think is dope 
another thing I think is dope is that the cast is predominantly black. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we got like Jamie Foxx. We got Quest Love, fucking drummer of The Roots is in that shit. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty dope. Um, a few other cast members. One thing that really caught my eye and caught Kelsey's eye, um, Oscar winning composers Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross are going to work on the soundtrack. <laughs> First of all. You have Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. You already got me to buy the fucking soundtrack. Yeah. So that's that's really interesting. I you know what I I have a soft spot for Inside Out. Yeah, that's a great movie. Um, especially because for all the characters that were in the film, mm-hmm. my youngest one, she was like five years old when it came out, and mm-hmm. her favorite character was depression. Or sadness. That's a lot of people's favorite character. But at her age, like, uh, it wouldn't be like, oh, joy, you know, like, people that are happy. Or maybe mm-hmm. it's funny because this guy's always angry or whatever. She's like, no, she's funny because she's sad. <laughs> like, Of course, mine's is anger. I like the anger. Mm. Um, I actually like that this, like, the title, mm. the art style for it's in, like, kind of the same... Same kind of familiar style. Inside yeah, out. so it's like not a sequel or anything like that, but I think you would maybe call it canon. Like it, yeah. it it's like a like a spinoff. Yeah, like so, yeah, because if you guys look at the guys on the you look at the picture, the design is very similar. Also, um, it's like it is behind the team behind Inside Out. So it's, maybe they're in the shared universe at some point or something like that. I don't know. I don't know that I would want them to do that. I just like that they're still playing with that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they have new film projects. Uh, yeah, um, onward. Uh, they had there's footage reaction. Chris Pratt and Tom Holland was there. Um, we've seen the trailer. The trailer actually looks pretty interesting. Um, yes, but I, honestly, I only care about Tom Holland. Even though he was in that movie with uh, Charlie Hunnam on oh, amazon and yeah. it was awful yeah I, like i liked his part in it though mm-hmm. and i just i feel like he hopefully makes good choices in what he chooses from now on yeah hopefully cruella i'm kind of interested in emma stone playing that because just i really love her mm. um but not one of my favorite stories mm. uh we got you know black panther 2 which we talked about lady and the tramp which mark is interested in but i didn't see a trailer for it yeah. so I saw the trailer when I was there on Friday. They had, they f- premiered it there. I I don't know why, but growing up, that was Lady and Tramp was kind of my jam. So seeing that in live action, I was just like, oh, it's, I, and I don't really care about dog movies. I like all dogs go to heaven. Yeah, the fuck that movie. I know that's why I liked it. <laughs> Even as a kid, I liked that yeah. movie. I'm like, oh, he dies. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when we were doing um, when I was watching Lady and the Tramp or the trailer it was like oh okay it's a dog movie but by the time the credits are rolling i started tearing up a little bit mm. i was like oh my god <laughs> love is love is true love is real <laughs> <laughs> uh what else uh oh we forgot to mention the the cast of the eternals was there um angela jolene kamala jami uh, a bunch of other cast members uh and they announced that kit harditon is confirmed um as the black knight okay uh, harrington sorry kit harrington <laughs> confirmed so this leads into the footage star wars rise the rise of skywalker we were not in that room when it premiered from what we heard it was fucking awesome 
Mm-hmm. By the time you're listening to this, the, the footage has dropped on YouTube. Oh, my God. He always tears up at everything. No, 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 no. Star Wars is a special special place in my heart. Yes. Um, for, for the people who don't know me, I am a huge, huge Star Wars fan. I have a Rebel Alliance tattooed on me. My daughter's middle name is one of the main characters. You can guess which one. Um, if I had a son, Chewbacca. yeah, Chewbacca, yeah, <laughs> my daughter, Chewbacca. <laughs> if I if I had another child who was a boy, you goddamn well know well know that I would name him Luke. But you know, that ain't happening. Mm. So, Rise of the Skywalker. I I have cried at the trailer for The Force Awakens. I have cried at the trailer of uh, The Last Jedi. Mm. I cried at this one, but this one is hitting me harder because the way how they're selling it. Because you see all the old footage. Mm. You go through all the characters. Yeah. Until um, they lead up to a point of, okay, well, they're they're resting mm. the fate of their world on... On this new the new cast of characters. Yeah, on... Um, um, Ray. Ray. Yeah, Ray, Finn, Poe, and even... Well, no, but they pretty much show her. And so they're yeah, yeah, resting yeah. it all on her. Yeah, and we'll, we'll get to that, that big... We'll talk about that big reveal at the end. Um, yeah, but it, it goes a bit deeper because how, they, how, Luke, how Luke Skywalker is saying, we've taught you all we can teach you. It is now your time to learn from us and create your own journey, your own legacy. And it's like... He's like generations have come, and this is like the end of ours. And even says in the it even it even says in the trailer like the end of a generation, which to me it's like the fucking end of like all of Star Wars that I know. The fucking apocalypse. Yeah, I mean we got the end of Game of Thrones. We had the end of the Infinity Saga. Mm-hmm. Now we got the end of Star Wars. <laughs> and I, sw- I like. I feel th- like they did that shit on purpose. Yeah, seriously. Like let's let's the end of Spider Man the MCU. Same damn fucking thing. <laughs> um, but I, like I said, I tear it up for this one. And every time I think about it, like I really think about it, I start to tear up again because my whole life, it hasn't been about Star Wars, but fuck, like the binary sunset and the new hope. When John Williams, the John Williams orchestra picks up when Luke looks at the binary sunset and sees like, I'm never going to get off fucking Tatooine. It's like such a heartbreaking moment to watch, especially if you can like compare it to your life and like what it is to be somebody and journey and making a name for yourself. That whole thing, Han, Leia, Chewbacca, even Jar Jar, all that shit, just boom, this is all going to end. Like after this, there's like, this is the end of the Skywalker legacy. Fucking Mm -hmm. decades of Skywalker legacy will be ending in December. And it fucking breaks my heart. I'm just like, oh my God, I'm saying, I'm literally saying goodbye to my fucking childhood now. <laughs> I mean, we have, we'll have these movies later, but it's just like, no, here's a definite end. And the way it. you're saying that, it makes me happy because nobody can come to the movies and be like, I didn't know what this was going to be, or I mm. didn't like, you know what it's going to be. So don't fucking watch it if you don't want to watch it. Like, mm. I don't want to hear any more, like, fan toxicity bullshit. Yeah, that's another thing that breaks my heart, too, is the, the Star Wars fan toxicity is so fucking bad. That's like, I'm of the mind of Star Wars fans are the fucking worst. Because their thing was like, it's not my Star Wars. It never was to begin with, dude. <laughs> that, yeah. or, or do that. Like, your name's not on it. 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Were you in the fucking thinking room with George Lucas? No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Straight up. You know, fight me on that shit. So then comes like the, the shocking reveal. Ray. With all of her weight, the pressure of mm-hmm. all of this has built up to her. Mm-hmm. She fucking camera quick pants to the left, wearing a fucking Sith robe, dual lightsaber, boom, like double ended lightsaber just pops out, boom, and it's like and it's red and it's red like Darth Maul, and we're like, uh, uh, that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> like. When in the last Jedi, when Luke said it's time for the Jedi to end, my brain was like, "Wait, what? What, what happened? What happened?" I was freaking out. I was trying to find out. This is like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to process this shit. And it's a. I don't. People are people are theorizing that it's it might be a clone of Rey, which that is known in the Star Wars history. It might be a vision, or is Rey just plain plain? Uh, Darth or playing evil. I don't know. All I can say is, it's like it's this is gonna be an emotional fucking ride. I wonder if they're playing with the idea that um, Kylo Ren really mm. was wronged because you know how they mm, yeah. they played with that a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if they'll play with her, kind of coming to that side a little bit. Yeah, they they did touch up a little. They did touch up on that a little bit in the Last Jedi, when Luke was trying to chain um, train Ray, and she, he like showed her where the dark side is at. Like not the not where it all comes from, but like an idea where it comes from, mm-hmm. and how she's looked in the into the void, but and and the and the darkness and the the evil void offered her something, and she didn't flinch to accept it. Mm-hmm. So they toyed with the idea that maybe Ray might be turning evil, might turn the dark side. And they've also toyed with the idea that Kylo might have turn re- to the good side. Turn to the good side because uh, as I was watching Last Jedi earlier today, uh, Snoke had said, uh, after Kylo had said, I killed my father for you, uh, Snoke said, and it split you in half. It split your spirit in half. You're torn. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like, it might be the idea of like, well, Ray might be... Re- regretting what he's done i mean he even like he even like did not even pull the trigger when he had the opportunity to kill his mother yeah so they might it might be a redemption story for kylo i mean it's called rise of skywalker but even though he is a solo so you know maybe i don't know maybe 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 i I don't know i think maybe the rise of the skywalker might be like like they're just following the rise of it to this point so it's not like oh they're rising now it's they've Mm. risen and they've gotten to this point, and now what are they going to do? It could be it. I mean, the titles kind of say it. Empire Strikes Back, the Empire came on top at the end of that one. Return of the Jedi, the Jedi Order came back. Mm-hmm. Um, Phantom, <coughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> Phantom Menace. <laughs> so I don't know, maybe. Um, well, you know, we'll have to see. That sucker's going to drop out in December. And... Woo! I cannot wait. I fucking cannot wait. And the cool thing is, Disney Plus is... It's going to jump online on November 21st, I believe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to watch all the Star Wars in order just to gear up for that. Really? Yeah. Man, I got to live through those prequels again. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. And uh, from there, we are going to jump into our uh, this week's Jerry Geriat- Geriatric <laughs> Cinematic of 
a tale of two a tale of two sisters. Sorry. That was a trailer for Tale of Two Sisters. No, it was A Tale of Two Sisters. Sorry. A Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah. <laughs> tale of Two Sisters. Sorry. <laughs> uh, the 2003 film directed by Jin Woo Kim, who was behind I Saw the Devil. Great fucking film. Writer Jin Woo Kim. I'm going to let you take hold of the story because I cannot pronounce this shit. <laughs> no. Uh, it was a bunch of really great Asian people who <laughs> deserve better than my white ass trying to pronounce their fucking names. Gotcha. Um, I really think you should look up who made that, who uh, was in it, so that you can butcher them in your own head. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you tell the two sisters, uh, families haunted by tragedies of deaths within their fam within the family. Uh, give you guys a heads up. We're gonna spoil the show of this movie. Because we can't talk about it without spoiling it, right? Um, Kelsey actually had picked, picked. Sorry, Kelsey had actually picked this one for this week's episode. Uh, I actually wanted to go on uh, to do what a Princess Bride. That's the mm-hmm. quote, right? Because I actually wanted to tear that movie park, I park, apart. <laughs> um, but I'm really glad Kelsey did pick this because I I saw this when I was in my early 20s. Um, granted, I fell asleep while watching it. So technically, I saw it with my eyes closed. <laughs> <laughs> you dreamt about it. I dreamt about it. Uh, but man, it was a it was a great film. Holy shit, it was such a good film. It was great. One thing though is that I don't mind slow paced movies. This one for me sometimes it was a little bit too slow. Mm. Yeah, that's what a lot of these um, these types of films back then um, they were a slow kind of build up. Um, and there was always like this kind of weird, crazy, like reveal, um, that happened near the end. Uh, a tale of two sisters came out with this, uh, company called, uh, how do you say it? Tartan, uh, Tartan Asian extreme. Um, they did films like, oh, battle Royale, uh, old boy, which is my, my favorite film trial election, uh, 1208 east of uh Berkwest, i think it's called um it's it's <sighs> yeah those films are known to be very slow but they always have like a really crazy and fucked up end to it i don't feel like old boy was as slow as this film was oh that's because of the director uh park chan woke i think that leads that, i think that's because of that dude's uh talent the cinematography in this film was really great. So I know that they were like building like scenic shots and it was very Asian in that way where like you got to put drama in every scene. There's like beauty and tragedy and all these things all wrapped into one. Mm-hmm. And I think the reason why I was so slow is they just wanted you to take it all in. Yeah. Some of the shots were really amazing, um, uh, especially like the certain camera angles that they had. Uh also, that music was fucking phenomenal. Yeah. I absolutely love that music. Um, 
what's another great I'm, I'm i'm going down this list right now these tartan films uh bangkok dangerous um there's this movie called visitor q that's really jacked up cello dark water a lot of these films have actually been remade into uh american an american version mm-hmm. like a tale of two sisters was remade into the uninvited mm-hmm. when i remember watching that i remember that movie was crap <laughs> um oh the oh, yes, that's, a, that's another good one man these are some great films they're like taking me way the full-time killer oh flashback right now <laughs> so anyway um yeah so the story it's 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 about these two girls that are living at home with their dad and the dad's girlfriend but there's this kind of reveal of like who the who the girlfriend really is yeah and, and how she might be a bit more sinister towards the daughters than the father sees mm-hmm. um and then then comes like a supernatural element of like a of a ghost or two around uh, and you also get a sense from the father that he he's kind of checked out he doesn't mm. he just doesn't want to deal with it like yeah. like i don't want to deal with this just like stop already you're hurting me um yeah and then and then comes the supernatural stuff and he's still kind of like yeah he's thinking like he's thinking one of the daughters is crazy uh who's her her character's name was sumi yeah um he thinks that she's just fucking crazy and the daughter's like, no, dad, like your girlfriend is a fucking psycho. Like she treats me and your other daughters who soon you uh, like we're trash. And the, the father's just not hearing it. He's yeah. Like you say, he checked himself. He checked out. Yeah. Um, the supernatural element I was really digging on because it wasn't like forced or it didn't feel like an unnecessary jump scare. Mm-hmm. Like it was really trying to. Um, there's an inclusion of like of a ghost. Um, you don't really know whose ghost is until later on who the ghost ends up you know finding out the ghost is like the mother um and she does she has her head tilted to one side tilted to one side and it's later revealed that she killed herself she hung herself which I told Kelsey this earlier this is my assessment I think Mike Flanagan or the writer of how uh haunting on Hill House no was it it's called a haunting on Hill House right no the haunting of Hill House yeah, I think the haunting of Hill House when it's later revealed, the spoilers for that show, you guys haven't watched it. Uh, it's later revealed that the sister has been haunted by a future version of herself, which is, which they call it the crooked neck lady. Mm-hmm. And she hung herself. And you see it in this film. So I don't know if Mike Flanagan maybe took, saw this movie and took it from that, or the writer took it, or Gene uh, Woo Kim took that from the writer, because I think those books are predate this, film, this movie, mm-hmm. and maybe took it from there. But I, I would just like I think that re- I think that reveal still was just as good as it was in um, uh, the haunting of Hill House. Yeah, I think that it was still good there. I think so too. Um, I I don't know if you had any trouble with this mm. or if it was just me, but I think I had a little bit of a hard time following the story at certain parts, mm-hmm. and it's because. I couldn't tell the difference between their mother and their stepmother. You mean because they look similar? Yeah. Yeah, I kind of got the same thing with their... I, for a minute, I couldn't really tell the difference between the sisters. I could tell the difference between the sisters because of their mouths and their haircuts. Mm. Um, but I. that's why... Cause, okay, so they get to a point where they reveal... 
the sister's dead. Yeah. Um, and they do it in a really fucked up way. Oh, yeah. And they start flashing back to all these things. And then you're like, okay, so Sumi was actually like acting these things out. Yeah. And then like she, that the step, the, the dad's girlfriend that she's been in this constant like battle with wasn't even there to begin with, mm-hmm. which I thought it was, I thought that was great. Yeah. That was a great fucking reveal. But then I'm like, well, why wasn't she there? And then she visited her in the hospital. Mm. Maybe away on a business trip? I don't know. And then after that, you see the mother in the in the closet that she hung herself. Mm. And Sumi like, doesn't realize it. She kind of gets an idea that something bad happened. Yeah, this is and like she, part of the flashback. Yeah. Like revealing of all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. And then you see the... Someone who I assume is the girlfriend, but she had different hair now. So mm. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck that is at all. <laughs> okay. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I, I get you. Yeah. I could only really tell some of them apart by their hairstyle. And then mm. when they change their hairstyle, I'm like, I don't know. who. That's a brand new character. <laughs> yeah. And like, I thought that the the after like they they had this there. The, the sisters had an when both sisters were alive. They had an issue with the stepmother because they find out that she is um, her. The her and their father are gonna run off and be married and stuff like that. The mother doesn't take the mother doesn't take too kindly. This. She's terminally ill. She's like fuck it. She kills herself, but she kills herself in her in her daughter's closet, which is kind of weird. Hmm. Yeah, and then like the daughter finds her. It's like oh my god, the fucking it's it, oh it's like in a cabinet. It's like in a weird cabinet, and the cabinet like falls on him, and like the daughter's crushed to death. And then this this why I was just like fuck that fuck that girl, where like the 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 stepmother like sees this thing tilt like felt falling over and obviously somebody's trapped underneath and she could hear her too yeah, by the way scratching and clawing her way out and the mother's like the stepmother's like nah and like walks away she struggled with it like a little bit but only because she didn't want to get in trouble not like oh I feel bad for this child mm. but like. Mm, do I really want to deal with this? Yeah. And then like two people, like a, another person is up dying and like later on, you know, the stepmother gets her comeuppance because, um, the sister who's dead, she's the one who comes out of the closet as like a ghost spirit and like fucking assume we assume kills her. Yeah. Um, I like that and how they convey that the sister, the one who's alive and actually is crazy. Mm hmm senses that her sister is finally gets her revenge it's put to rest mm-hmm. and they do this weird kind of cool like symbolic with her laying down a t- tear of joy and like the scene like lights up like it goes like white mm. fades to white there you go i thought that was really cool i thought that was a really great way of conveying that message without actually like screwing it out i think the movie does a good job of telling you its intentions and then making you second guess yourself. Mm-hmm. But I think it does it way too many times. And I kind of found yeah. that annoying. Yeah. I got a little sense of that too. Um, but one, the one point where I figured it out, mm. not that the sister was dead, but that maybe the stepmother didn't exist. Mm. Um, or, you know, something was off about Sumi mm. was when they were sleeping together, the sisters, 
Mm. And that ghost visited them. And she had like blood running down her legs. Mm. Like, I don't know, she was having her period or something all over her bed. And then Sumi wakes up and her sister, like there's blood on the bed and she thinks her sister started her period. Mm. Then she sees her stepmother and her stepmother's like, oh, that's funny. I started my period today too. Mm. And then you realize Sumi had her period. Yeah. You know what? It, it's funny how you, it's funny how you mentioned that. Cause I looked up the trivia and that they actually go into detail of like, oh, this is how you can tell something's not right. Or that they, they might be the same person because they all have the period at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. So they actually that I'm really glad you catch because I didn't catch that at all. No? I was like I was just like that's weird. Why they have periods at the same time? <laughs> I caught that, but then afterwards it was like they made everything like the sister so real, mm-hmm. and they made the stepmother so real. Yeah. Like I just couldn't. I couldn't. Um, I really couldn't match up what they were saying with what was going on. Yeah. Um, I it, it, <laughs> some of the camera angles were uh, to go into the, some of the camera angles that happened in the movie. It was pretty interesting, um, especially like the reveal of how the stepmother. It's revealed that the stepmother is really the daughter, and the daughter really stepmother. Like they're the same person. Yeah, and do this. They do this really cool thing where like, um, like they have her looking up, and mm-hmm. then like the camera. It, they have her looking up, and it's supposed to be like the mother the stepmother on mm-hmm. the couch and then it, it like rotates and you can see the face kind of start changing and then it rotates to the person that she's looking at and it's the actual stepmother and it rotates back down to the person looking up and it's the daughter so it's like this cool like transformation of like oh my god this is the reveal they're really you know the stepmother this is really the stepmother and that little girl's crazy and all that kind of stuff i like how she's on the ground mm-hmm. and you see that trail of blood yeah. From when the stepmother supposedly like bagged up her sister and beat her to a bloody pulp inside the bag. Yeah. Um. She's like laying on the ground. It's weird because they switched because it was like Sumi beat the stepmother, mm-hmm. and then Sumi was on the ground. Yeah. And yeah. then you see like that trail of blood, and then it disappears. Yeah, that part I was like, what? And I I honestly thought like. I thought that's when the supernatural element was coming in. Like I, th- I thought, uh-huh. and, like as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, this shit's just a memory, like uh, a memory okay. that's trying to f- work itself out. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah, you yeah. know how you don't remember things exactly how they happened. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe that was the intention. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Wow. Shit. Uh, um. But then also the angle of her being on the floor and looking around, like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think there's something more personal about that kind of an angle. Mm-hmm. Like even as a kid, I would like laying on the ground and like looking around. You just th- you see things more personal that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked how they did that. I have, I have a question about what would have happened if it gone a different way. But when the stepmother has like that big ass uh, heavy statue and she's going to crush the step or the stepdaughter. Mm hmm. And then the father comes in, and then that's where, like, you hear it, like, hit the ground, and then, like, the stepdaughter's on the ground. So you assume that the uh, stepdaughter was holding the statue and then dropped it and then went laying on the floor. Mm -hmm. So what if the father never showed up, and if she, like, crushed, crushed, air quote, the stepdaughter? Would she have, like, died, like, mentally died right there? 
I think she would have physically died. Yeah, but she was underneath the stone. She was holding the stone and then had to drop it. So I don't think she can get down fast enough to be like, oh, crap, I'm crushed. Okay. If you're holding it over your own head, mm. think about Fight Club. That is true. Yeah, you know, that is true. Yeah, because she was, um, during the movie, she was, um, like, hurting herself. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be the step, the stepdaughter, the stepmother doing it, but it was really her hurting herself. See, I can, okay, I get, I get what you're saying. All right. That's all you got to say. Fight club. Know <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> um, the one thing that broke my heart, I think, the most was mm. beside. well, besides the mother hanging herself in the closet, mm. when you start to see the father's point of view mm. of what his daughter is doing. Oh, yeah. And she's dragging a doll around in a bag and it's not her bloody sister yeah yeah. you know being dragged by the stepmother that you could tell okay she really is fucking crazy yeah yeah and they even they even they even play with the idea of uh of a time period because at the the beginning of the movie it's it's uh sumi in a hospital like being a doctor talking to her or psych ward psych house or whatever Mm -hmm. But you don't know if this happened right after the sister and the mother were found dead or if this happened at the end of the movie. So you're, we're watching like what happened before she ended up in the hospital. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. And they never really, they never really clarify that. It's left very ambiguous mm-hmm. of what, at what point did this all start happening. Right. So that was, that was cool. I really dug that. And then, of course, like to put icing on cake at the end of the movie... <laughs> I'm sorry. At the beginning of the movie, when she is supposedly with her sister, and they go at, out to like a pier to just kind of sit and put their feet in the water in the lake, mm-hmm. the credits is her just sitting by herself. Yeah, la, 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 la. <laughs> that part was pretty fucked up, but I liked it. It's I, and of course I, it was beautiful. Oh yeah, it was. <laughs> Jesus, man. I mean, these fucking Korean directors. Jesus. Anyway. Um. Yeah, it's it's a it's an absolutely great film. Um, I really miss these Tartan Asian, Asian extreme films. They don't that production company went down after a, a while, um, and they don't they they still do make films like this. They're just not as easily available. Because mm. uh, like to say, Tartan Asian extreme, I would see these in Best Buy. I would see them in fucking version record store whenever it was around i these were easy accessible and of course there was like a wall of these fucking movies and you're like what's this what's this what's this this looks crazy and some of them were super duper crazy yeah like visitor q which i've heard about is super fucking crazy yes totally great (laughs) so yeah um yeah i think that's gonna be about it yes um, what did you think about this movie? We're gonna we're gonna wrap that up. I, I loved it. I loved it. I I actually kind of want to rewatch it, and if not, I actually I want to go back into these type of films again because there's a bunch that I missed out on. Okay. What did you think? I liked it a lot. Mm. I didn't love it because of all the times where I was like, "Come on, get to the point, get mm-hmm. to the point." Mm-hmm. Um, but I I'm, I do want to get into this type of movie because I feel like I missed out on way more than you did, obviously. Oh, <laughs> Though you did show me Old Boy. Yeah. Oh, I gotta I gotta show you the the Revenge trilogy. Mm-hmm. You know, Old Boy. You know, for people who don't, for people who love Old Boy, that's like the second in Char, uh, Park Chan Wook's 
Revenge Trilogy, which is first one, Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance, Old Boy, and then Lady Vengeance, which is another great film. Mm. Uh, also, um, the director, uh, Jim Woo Kim, like I said, watched uh, I Saw the Devil, another great film that he's done. Um, so yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be about it for this week. Um, as far as episode next week, we might take a break because nothing's really coming out we're talking about. So we might take a small break because the week after that, it chapter two comes out. Oh yeah, and I still gotta watch the first one. Still gotta watch the first one, and we might if we do it chapter two, we actually might do. One of two choices. We might actually do the miniseries of It, or we might do the cult classic Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Don't worry. We're not going to do that fucking clown natal bullshit. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I thought for a second you were going to be like The Shining. No, we might do that with Dr. Sleep. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm really excited about Dr. Sleep. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Another Stephen King novel. Uh, other than that, um, like I said, you guys can reach us at Facebook, The Real Appeal, Twitter, Appeal Real, Instagram, The Real Appeal. You know, check those out. Uh, hop on those, uh, especially Instagram, because I post a lot of the pictures from D23 on there. Um, you know, the movie posters and kind of just our trip, just hanging out, just going, being all stupid and shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, making waves. Making, <laughs> I got <laughs> to post that picture on there. Um, yeah, and the uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? What else? Oh yeah, our song, our intro song, is done by the man himself, uh, Lee Lou Allen. Um, check out his uh, band's website, electricwest.com. Oh, um, I don't know if any of you guys are uh, band managers out there. Oh yeah, he's looking. But for they're one. looking for a manager. They're looking for a band manager. If you if you guys know somebody, hit them up uh, at electricwest.com. And uh, I think that's about it. Wow, I feel like I'm forgetting something. No, I think that's about it. Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, so we are gonna bit you guys adieu. Bid. It sounded like you said bitch. bitch. I'm gonna bit you guys adieu. We're gonna bit you guys adieu. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, uh, we're out. We love you. And that's about it. Bye. Toodaloo.